0: Ringer Films and HBO's DMX Don't Try to Understand is the next installment of the Music Box series premiering this Thursday, November 25th at 8 p.m. The film focuses on a year in the life of rapper Earl DMX Simmons. As he's released from prison in early 2019 and attempts to rebuild his career in the music industry and reconnect with family and fans. DMX Don't Try to Understand bears witness to a man searching for reinvention and redemption, striving to stay true to himself while reestablishing his roles as a father, an artist, and an icon. Watch or stream DMX Don't Try to Understand on HBO or HBO Max, Thursday, 8 p.m. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like Available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com.
2: Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. And today it is Power Hour. Every week we rank something on Wednesdays. And this week it's almost Thanksgiving. So we were like, what if we ranked the people, the players that we were thankful for? And we thought,
3: no, let's rank the people that we're not (laughs) thankful for. (laughs) Yeah, negativity, baby. uh, Assholes. Yes, that's what we're going to be.
2: The people that we really wish were not in our
4: lives. People bond over hating things, not loving
3: things. <laughs> it's really true.
2: It's tribalism. It's the core of the human condition. You
4: know what we should have done? Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, I believe is the day that the most Americans drink alcohol, right? The most amount of alcohol is consumed the day before Thanksgiving. So really? We have done, I, believe, I didn't know that. I think it's number one day and then the Super Bowl is number two. Could be wrong, but that's what I've heard. So we should have done a real power hour today.
2: <laughs> we should. I think Craig's like, that's what I've heard is that I think Craig, Craig just gets really drunk on that Wednesday. And he's is like, this everyone because everyone... Do
3: this. Everyone goes home from, from college and gets drunk with all their friends like the night before Thanksgiving. And
4: I think it's just a big family drinking night. Like everyone's just home. Family drinking. Family drinking. Good old family drinking. <laughs> family drinking. <laughs>
2: all right. Well, uh, I have cause to celebrate here. We're going to just skip right into this. Yeah. So if, big you, news. For, if the people who don't know, Power Hour, you'll hear this sound.
4: Tom Tom Club Tom Tom baby five
1: Love minutes Tom and 34
3: Tom's. seconds it's 334 <laughs> seconds I believe the actual you're, song. you're and you're gonna hear that full
4: song in between every three hundred thirty four <laughs> seconds
2: and then that'll be the end of the topic
3: but we're gonna break the
2: rules right off the jump I uh, uh I don't think two minutes is gonna contain me here the number one person I'm not thankful for <laughs> is Jason Garrett yes Start the timer baby I'm not going to respect Tom Tom on this one I'm going to tell you right now that it's not going to happen Jason Garrett has been fired Ding dong the witch is dead You've heard of the bing bong for the Knicks This is ding <laughs> dong the Giants fired Jason Garrett Thank God Like, I don't mean to like celebrate someone getting fired But like, I actually you know what I am I'm sorry Like, this well, was he's disgusting got
4: millions. He's got millions in the yeah, bank. I He'll don't all feel right. bad for this guy He's been okay? tricking all of us for a decade
2: Dude you know what I'm sorry I don't feel bad for anyone who got to run the Dallas Cowboys for 10 years And like here's the thing The Giants, since they hired Jason Garrett, have the fewest offensive touchdowns. Like, what else is your job to score touchdowns? That's not being (laughs) an offensive coordinator. That's just offensive. You're an offensive coordinator. Like, it's disgusting. And the absolute worst part of this is like, it's not just about Jason Garrett. It's like, this is what everyone thought would happen. You know what I mean? It's not hindsight. (laughs) We always focus on like, man, we talked about this and we were wrong. No, we all made fun of this. We all were like, wow, he was really bad at offense with the Cowboys. I wonder what will happen when he has a way worse team. And they were the worst goddamn offense in football the last two years. Like, this is crazy. I'm not even mad at Jason Garrett. I'm mad that the Giants ever hired him and that they must have been the only people who thought this would be a good idea. And it wasn't. And I'm like, damn, he's gone. But everyone who made the decision to hire Jason Garrett is still there.
3: What did they say? Do you remember what they said when they hired him? Like, what was the rationale or what well, was?
2: I don't remember the real what they said, but the real rationale was, I think, twofold. They somehow liked they felt, I, I believe that they felt that Joe Judge was so inexperienced because remember, he's a special teams coach for the Patriots, mm-hmm. and he almost went to be the coach at like Mississippi State. And he goes from getting the head coach job at Mississippi State to the New York Giants and they were so concerned about that leveling up that they were like well Jason Garrett will like be able to groom the head coach and help him like get more experience and Jason Garrett can help groom Daniel Jones cuz he had experience with Dak and it's like what is wrong with you people <laughs>
3: what? i don't really get why Forget they the bell. i don't strategy, the bell i don't care about it while we're the bell. on it yeah um how we feel so like i guess overall yeah Jason Garrett what was it 26 games
4: that he was the offensive coordinator for yeah is that more or less than you guys thought is that longer or shorter than you thought he'd be in New York coaching? 26 games, not a ton. It's actually,
3: sh- it's actually shorter. Yeah, it's I think both. it's shorter too.
4: It, they should have fired him at the end of last
2: season. I'm surprised they <laughs> did this, but they had to because last night was disgusting on so many levels, dude. Like there was just uh, uh, the game itself, the score, that was bad. But also just, I mean, Dan Orlovsky had a great... Tweet this, this morning pointing out something my brother pointed out to me in the moment, which is like the Giants had a play on a key down. I don't remember which one where there were like three receivers all next to each other. It was crazy.
3: Well, they ran crossing routes and all three of the guys ended up in the exact same spot. It was, it was like, like a cross faded route. That's what What it are you like. supposed to? What? Who is he supposed to throw here? Dan Orlowski like just the disdain in his voice. There's a cross fade. <laughs> then there's like so where good. the
2: receivers look cross faded. That's what the Giants do. There's also a fourth and one where the Giants huddled with 15 seconds on the play clock. And I don't mean like they broke the huddle. I mean, the Giants took 25 seconds to decide whether they were going to go for a fourth and, and one and got the play call in with 15 seconds left and then shockingly didn't get it. And it's like, dude, what the... Anyway, I could go on forever <laughs> about how you bad You are losing Garrett your is. mind last I night. am freaking out. I think I tweeted more in the last two days than I have in the last two years. Like, yeah, I, dude, it was <laughs> funny. I could go on forever. But the point is, like, Jason Garrett's a scapegoat. This team sucks. It sucked before he got there. They made he made them worse. But like the people who have made it suck are still there, and they gotta fix it. However, for today and today alone, I will be thankful that Jason Garrett is no longer in my goddamn life.
3: Yeah, but I, the, you can't ignore the fact that the twenty last twenty six games happened is is kind of what we're getting at here. So you haven't <laughs> See, been thankful again. Worst, literally the fewest touchdowns since he took the job. I think that the Giants, um, the fact that they've had a lot of success in the last couple of decades, obviously two Super Bowl wins, it's definitely, and just like the, I guess, st- stature of their franchise or something, is like really hiding the fact this has been the most dog shit organization maybe in the NFL. It's like a
4: family who won the lottery and they're kind of using that as an excuse to say <laughs> that we have generational wealth and it's like, well, no one really worked for it. You kind of got lucky once.
2: Well, that's then. the thing. I think that with the real reason, so Giants fans are at rock bottom. Like, Mm. and I mean rock bottom, like, and it's been rock bottom for two or three years. And I think that the reason that this season hurts so much is that Giants fans genuinely thought they were better than certain franchises. The Giants care as an organization carry themselves. Like they're just better than the Bengals. And honestly, as a fan, I'm like, yeah, I'm not like the Lions. The Lions are losers. (laughs) The Giants are winners. And this whole season, the last two years has been kind of realizing like, we're not actually like the Steelers who are good. And of, or, or even if they lose to the Patriots, the Steelers always have a winning record. The Giants are a lot more like the Lions or the Bears. They're losers. And realizing that I am a loser. The Bears went to the playoffs last year. D- exactly. Like, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, in They're my head, I'm like, We're They're better. Worse and I'm like no, Bears. you're not better than anyone. You're actually worse than almost everybody. And it's probably going to stay that way for a long time. It's been a real hit to right to the ego. My like like what happened to Justin Fields' spleen? They were worried about it rupturing. My ego has like ruptured.
3: Oh man. Okay. So now it's the Freddie Kitchens era. We've got <laughs> twenty. We've got twenty nine <laughs> seconds left. In it's the, in, so funny that it's Freddie Kitchens.
2: Segment. It feels yeah. like in a video game you beat the boss and then there's like a different boss and you're like, oh, this is like kind of weirder in a way.
4: Right. It's like the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Now you got Freddie Kitchens coming in.
2: Oh boy. Anyway,
3: okay.
4: I, I oh I'm boy. sorry
2: to Tom Tom. I want to apologize to Tom Tom for we tripled the timer. Tom Tom Club there. I had to get that out, man. That was my fantasy therapy. I we needed believe- to
3: do that. Yeah. Jesus. All Hi, right. move on to number two. Yeah, Just yeah. Just so, cleanse, flush it. You don't have to think about it right goofa, now. Breathe, breathe. It's yeah. over. Woo. It's
2: in the past. All right. Let's well, speak of someone who um has quite the future ahead of them. Uh, dude, the other person we're not thankful for is Matt Nagy.
4: Yeah, coach. Of the this Bears. feels like a
3: low blow, but that's okay. It, well, we, we wrote down. He's getting, cha- getting chance for pe- getting fired at high school football games,
2: dude. Yeah, did you see that? the, the high school chant where they were like, "His son plays Nagy. on the team," and people yeah. were like, "Oh no, that's so out of bounds." I'm like, dude, it's a high school football. Have you game. heard? Like, what do you want the kids to chant?
3: Some of the chants coming out of high
2: school crowds. That's like the nicest thing that could have fired Nagy. Be is, is also, it's gonna mild. happen. Which we're yeah. burying the lead here. Like he's a, so there's a report that Matt Nagy has been informed was informed on Monday that he will be fired after the Thanksgiving game and we'll see if it happens but like that's astounding that like hey you're going to coach one more game and be fired which like I feel like that really happens other than like that happens in like the last week of the season sometimes mm-hmm. but is it win or lose you're going to get fired
3: why not just why not just fire him now i don't i, get, I think cuz it's, would it's you just wait. Thursday and, a short like, week
2: you can't I think I think that it's like you can't so? reasonably tell the yeah, <laughs> Bears are yeah. playing on Thanksgiving, which that's
4: embarrassing for Matt Nagy. But like, I think you can't reasonably have a game plan. Did you see that Nagy said that he essentially has not spoken to the team's leadership about this? That he found out via the media and has not been told by the Bears front office that he's getting fired? Oh, I believe
2: that. So the Bears have never fired a coach midseason in their 100-year history, and I think that was important to them. And clearly, they're not very good at it because I don't think you
4: should tell them (laughs) in advance. Nothing like finding out you got fired on Twitter.
2: Yeah. It's not like a regular job. You don't need to, like, give someone two weeks or whatever. I don't know what the... but But here's the thing. It's like the Garrett thing. He's an offensive head coach. This season, they're second to last in yards and yards per play. They're dead last in net passing, and they're third to last in first downs. Like, this
4: team is awful. Is he going to be the most motivated or the least motivated to have a good game on Thanksgiving?
2: Uh, we'll see if the players care about him. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. He broke Chester Does Fields he want to
4: win big and go out on top and be like, fuck you guys. Look what you gave up. Or is he like, fuck this team. I hope we lose by 30.
2: I don't think you want to bet on them on Thanksgiving. <laughs> we will put it that way. <laughs> yeah. My God, the 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 lane duck Nagy Bears against the Lions is crazy. All right. Number three people were not thankful for. It. DK.
3: I'll go here. Um I am not thankful for the NFL <laughs> Competition Committee. And just generally speaking, <laughs> the officials. NFL officials. I you know, in my old age, as I've gotten deeper and deeper into the fantasy world and, and being a fantasy analyst, like my I, I found that like my my blood pressure is not as high. I don't have these wild swings like the fan fandom swings for a certain team because um as we've talked about in the past you got so many players that you're rooting for now it's like Craig you were talking about this last week like you were more excited about Mike Williams score like getting a big uh touchdown <laughs> pass than you were about the the fact that it came against uh your team. So I found that like Sundays are not quite as stressful for me or or at least like I might don't have like the highs and lows quite as much. What I've really found that like really gets my blood boiling is the officiating in the NFL? Yeah. I fucking hate offici I I hate the refs. Like, oh yeah,
4: DK officially a dad. <laughs> this is what dads I hate do. The referee, like,
3: I have it's uh, it's getting out of control. Like, I'm gonna have to go see like a Buddhist about it because I legitimately fucking hate NFL referees. Dude,
2: but I kind of feel for the refs, like they don't make the fucking rules, man. Like the competition committee. Writes these rules and the ref's job is to enforce them. Like I guess, like, but like they can finally be them together. down if they miss them.
3: I'm lumping these things together. NFL Competition Committee is culpable for this, obviously, because they're the ones that wanted these taunting penalties, are the fucking worst. No one wants them. It's crazy. They
4: really are. Well, but stone here's the thing, though. Worst.
3: The,
2: the, here's the thing. Usually it's very easy to be like, you know, the owners are out of touch, you know, billionaires, whatever. And but like, dude, Mike Tomlin. Is on the competition committee and out here being like, yeah, no, I agree with the taunting. Good
3: for the kids.
2: Like the the gyms and coaches push for this along with with (laughs) owners. it's It's not just like a billionaire white owner thing. Kind of trying yeah, to, yeah. But boost, I don't like, think the they've, they've coaches have players. said they
4: didn't really realize what they were voting for when they voted Sean for Payton it. Said Welcome that. to yeah. democracy. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, in theory, I understood what they meant, but then you're actually watching it on the field. Some guys like <laughs> clapping after he catches a ball and they're Relations throwing flags. Like, wait, I think that's
3: exactly what's happened here. Is like they're saying, oh, we're gonna crack down on taunting, um, and that sounds like whatever. Okay, fine, we'll do that. It's for the kids, whatever. But they've gone it's so above and beyond. Every little gyration that a player does, <laughs> like in a general direction of another player, is like a fucking flag. It's ridiculous.
4: Who was, Remember the ref who backed up into that one player? Yeah, that was Marsh. Marsh yeah, yeah.
3: for posturing at the other sideline.
4: Like <laughs> no, but here's on. the
2: problem with that. Everyone gave Tony Corrente shit. That is the rule as they wrote it. He I don't, don't care. It's a, it it's a stupid it's the rule. It's a stupid rule. I know. I just feel like the refs. The refs don't write the rule. The refs aren't even full time employees. Corrente like, backed
3: know, up into him. Like I'm not defending him for that call I, at all. Um, I can just want to real say, quick because I don't want to. I don't want to completely go over my time here. But no, this is worth This is worth it. Okay, Say what. Say what you're going to say because I want to talk about other stuff too. About no, no, no. Go.
2: T- keep going about the rest. This is worth okay. It.
3: So, past the taunting rules, which I think we all agree are ridiculous and stupid. Um, we talked about this in the off season. The holding calls are back. We 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 had kind of wondered because during the pandemic, and I actually understand why the NFL did this. They were basically like, uh, I don't know if I actually heard on the record that they said this, but I think the, like what the reports were like. Basically, the NFL was like, unless it's egregious, don't call penalties. Yeah, they
0: quietly
2: they quietly just went away. Walt Anderson took over and was like, yeah. you know what? Just don't worry about it.
3: If it's egregious, call it. Otherwise, let them play. Which is honestly fucking great. Like I loved that.
2: Basically all the runs were like, if the run went to the left for 70 yard touchdown and there was holding on the back guy in the right, they're like, just don't call it. That was the soft rule.
3: I think obviously people that are against this would say, well, you're just like fantasy. But it's like, no, I like games that just continue to go. I like games that are exciting and fun. Like every time you get it's a big fluidity play in call and call it mattered, yeah. though because
2: holding dropped by like 30%. And then it's a big deal because holding basically drops the odds of a scoring a touchdown by like half. Yeah. Think about the,
3: the holding calls that push you back. It's a 10 yard penalty it ruins drives and therefore you score fewer points. I'm going to here's the stats. In 2018, there were 735 offensive holding calls made in the NFL. So 735. Uh as a league, teams averaged 23.3 points per game. In 2019, 732, so almost the exact amount of holding calls league-wide, league uh, teams averaged 22.8 points. Last year in 2020 in the pandemic year, 477 offensive holding calls, which is like not half, but like sixty percent less. Yeah, yeah. and team scoring, Colts, yeah. team scoring, went up to twenty four point eight, almost like three points higher, or two po- oh, sorry, two points higher per game per team. Which is, in terms That's of like the NFL, the it's average, like fucking yeah. massive. That's like orders of magnitude, way more scoring. It was great. It was fun, and obviously us in the pandemic, and we're just like looking for anything to be happy about. Like it was great <laughs> fun, you know. Um, this year. I did the I did the math today, and they're on pace to call 737 holding calls. This so exactly
2: year. where they were at before. Well,
3: it's actually slightly lower than the oh, old okay. 17, 17, with, yeah, seventeen games. Seventeen games, but still no, close. The same. But regardless, the. Points per game is back down to 23.1, so another full two points down per game per team. Well,
2: well, once they fire Jason Garrett, the <laughs> the league will go back that's, up. It'll normalize, yeah. Garrett and Matt Nagy gone will probably normalize But I just, it.
3: I, I want to reiterate, like, two points per game per team is a fucking huge number. Like, that's a lot in terms of, like, the history <laughs> of the NFL. Um... And so I'm like, generally speaking, I'm just like, I'm done with refs, man. Like this, I, they didn't need to bring these taunting calls back or sorry, they didn't need to bring the taunting calls thing at all. And they didn't need to bring the holding calls back, in my opinion. Um, and it's not just because I have fantasy brain. It's just like the pace of the game. I don't want to see the, I don't want to see the officials. NFL officials should be like Milford men, neither seen nor hurt. Like <laughs> unless it's egregious, Yeah, just let them play. That's all. I that's completely all I'm agree. That's a so, good I, one, DK.
2: Anyways, honestly, uh, that could have been number one. Rant all right.
4: over. All
3: right, let's move all on. All right,
4: Craig. I am not thankful for Ben Roethlisberger, Kevin <laughs> Colbert, or Mike Tomlin. I'm going to throw him in there too. Wow, oh, I love Tomlin, Mike Tomlin. Wow,
2: the guy who's never had a losing season.
4: Just you know, this is how I'm feeling right now. I Perhaps I'm a victim of the moment, but it's a miracle this team is a winning record. Honestly, they're five, four, and one. Shouts <laughs> out the defense. This team is dead last in PFF offensive grade. Their offense is awful. It's a grandpa driving a Ferrari. And I, you know, (laughs) I I can be mad about Ben Roethlisberger because he's the grandfather driving this Ferrari filled with Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Fryermuth, Juju, so much talent on Mm. this offense. And we are terrible. We're 29th in yards per pass, yet still somehow bottom 10 in completion, which means we're we're throwing short passes and not even fucking completing them. That's a stat right there. Yeah. Uh, this offense is maddening. And wh- why I put Kevin Colbert in is because I'm upset that we don't have any backup options. We've stuck with Mason Rudolph for now. What is this, year four or five? With him. We point. brought in Dwayne Haskins. Awesome. We didn't plan anything for this 39-year-old quarterback who was clearly washed. We have no plan B for him, clearly, after watching the Steelers fucking tie the Lions. They could have had Mike White, Craig. We could add Mike White. Bill says Gardner Minshew for every team. I agree about the Steelers. <laughs> I like Gardner
3: Minshew too, actually, yeah.
4: Me too. And then with Mike Tomlin, what I'm upset about is that we brought in Matt Canada, right? Or we didn't bring him in. We promoted Matt Canada to be the OC. And he's this, you know, West Coast, a lot of movement, play action. Basically, Ben Roethlisberger like, was like, nah. nah. And Tomlin <laughs> was like, okay, that's fine, Ben. We'll just suck again. Sure. Uh, Canada, you just sit there. You sit there and we'll run Ben's plays. So I'm not thankful for any of these three. Canada,
3: this is America, and we're it's running the Canadian Ben's West list. Coast. Yes. Um, you thought it was gonna be like the like
2: California West Coast? It's just like no. up there in Vancouver.
3: I have nothing to add.
2: That was a great. No, rant. That was
4: very funny. Wow, this is really just <laughs> fantasy therapy disguised as power just getting
3: hour. it out. halfway through the year, we're just like, I'm mad. I poor Noddy's
4: running to the ground. Ben's throwing hospital balls left and right. I hate it. It's
3: unbelievable. All right, let's. <laughs> well, Craig, if you're talking about your team, it's time to talk. For, it's time for me to talk about my team. I am not thankful right now. For Pete Carroll and Shane Waldron, Seahawks, Russell Wilson, any of them, I'm just really not thankful. Um, look, I understand. I acknowledge ten years of pretty good fucking football over the years, and so like, hey, I'm going to say that. I'm going to put that out there, and now I'm going to complain a lot. <laughs> Shane
4: Waldron, with all with all due respect, <laughs> with all due respect, with I all due respect, sir. You were you supposed to be, say that. Oh, Sure, you were I supposed can't.
3: to be our savior. You were supposed to be the chosen one. <laughs> Uh, as Obi Wan Kenobi once one. famously said, um, <laughs> I actually don't really blame Shane Waldron. Part of, I don't think he's been good. I don't think he's been like what we hoped he would be, or what he was, or or what the offense looked like in week one. Like it's be, like they beat the Colts in week one, and I put to, together a cut up. It was like awesome. There's so much pre snap motion, movement, misdirection, deception. It was awesome. We haven't seen much of that, or or nearly as much as that um, since. And I think it's because Pete Carroll's influence on this offense is still just too strong. Like you can't t- you can't separate Pete Carroll from the offense. Like this is who the Seahawks are going to be under Pete Carroll. And can frankly, I wait, like,
2: on that note though, can I ask you a question? Because Stephen mm. Reeves wrote a good piece that was basically Shane Waldron comes from this Rams McVay tree where you're supposed to attack the middle of the field.
3: Oh, that's Russell what I was Wilson just gonna say. He's yes.
2: kind of too short to attack the middle of the field because we like to pretend with Baker and Kyler and Russ that the height doesn't matter. The height does matter. They just come yeah. up with ways around it. Russ's way is to not throw to the middle of the field. Like is that something you think they actually discuss though?
3: I don't know. They kind it doesn't feel like they're going to ever say that really like explicitly. Not publicly, um,
2: but, but to each other. Like do you think Russ can say like no question. I don't do the middle of the field?
3: Um I don't know. It's it's weird Quarterbacks are weird like that. Like, you have to treat him with kid gloves sometimes. Oh, yeah, you Um, have to
4: protect his ego. You can't be like, hey, we obviously know Russ can't throw middle of the field.
3: All right,
2: apologies to Tom Tom. Let's keep going because I've sensed DK really should get this out before he deals with family on Thanksgiving. Hyphens.
3: I was actually going to say literally what you were saying. Like, obviously, Pete Carroll, you can't separate Pete Carroll from the Seahawks offense. Also, frankly, you can't separate Russell Wilson from the schemes that they need, that they are capable of running. And so it's just a giant mess right now. And it's not, exact, it's not nearly what we thought it was going to be this offseason. It's not nearly what it has been in the past. In fact, Seattle all of a sudden, and, and since this is a fantasy podcast, let's talk about that. Seattle is a fantasy wasteland. Like they're on <laughs> par with like the Texans and Jags offensively this year. Oh my um, God. I, I put together some stats. The Seahawks have run 550 plays this year, which is the fewest by any team by 40. Not by <laughs> oh my a little. Oh God. That's like 40. almost a game. The Chiefs have run more than 200 more plays than the Seahawks. They have played one more game, but like that just gives you an idea. Like the Seahawks, number one, are they're not running, um, they're not running fast. They're running slightly more up tempo than they were last year, but they're not running enough plays. They're not running. um, They're not getting first downs. Um, I saw this from Rich Rebar. Seattle has run 60 offensive plays just twice in a game this season. The next closest team is the Texans, and they've done it four times. Wow, Um, that's crazy.
2: But so is that the strategy though? That it's like, well, we suck. So like, if there's the fewer plays, more variability comes into play, and the games are closer. Uh,
3: no. Uh, well, generally, yes. Over the years, <laughs> uh, no, no. Over no, the no, years, that's not. Over the years, yes, that has been the the game plan. Like basically, you know, shortening <laughs> the game, trying to put it on your quarterback to win in the last in the in the last quarter, and, and trusting your defense. Blah blah blah. However, this year, I think. The game plan hasn't changed. They've just been so much less efficient. They can't get first downs. They can't get first downs in this, in, in this season. Russell Wilson, this is from Rebar, 13 to seven, uh, 13 to 37 on third downs, lowest completion rate in the league among qualifying quarterbacks, oh 27% God. first down rate, last, 5.9 yards <sighs> per attempt, 33rd. He's been sacked oh 22%, <laughs> no, 23% of his third down dropbacks, highest in the NFL. Wow. Um, the Seahawks <laughs> have punted on 22% of their offensive series. So in other words, 22% of the time when they get a first down, this isn't possessions, this is a series. Uh, they punt, which is second worst. Only the Texans are worse than that.
4: Sounds like they need San Diego State's punter, Matt Ariza, baby. Yes.
3: Dude, this, I'm serious. Shit. They're going to freaking draft this guy. Dude. Seattle has averaged... fewer offensive plays per game than their opponent. Uh, Their opponents are averaging 18 more plays per game, which is worse than the NFL. Um, The Seahawks defense, I saw this, my buddy Mike texted me this. Um, The Seahawks defense has run 178 more plays than the offense, which is like the equivalent of roughly three games. The defense has played roughly three more games than the offense. This they year.
4: should put DK Metcalf on defense then. Use him more. <laughs> <Who was> the, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> there's a snap right up. Who
2: was the quarterback? Was it Brock Heward? The former backup quarterback on Twitter mm-hmm. this week who was flaming the Seahawks and basically like this team needs to look itself in the mirror and basically was like defensively was like this secondary cannot pattern match like they like they cannot communicate. They don't know what routes are being run. And, you know, a defense, you kind of snap into place, right? Like, based Mm -hmm. on what happens, everyone snaps into what their job is. And he's like, they just seem incapable of that, which is a problem considering that's literally Pete Carroll's main job as a secondary coach. That's, like, his background. And it's like, I don't know what the Seahawks do well.
3: Yeah, I don't either.
2: This is a team that gave away its first-round picks because it thought it was a Super Bowl contender.
3: I don't think Seahawks fans, like... People make fun of the Seahawks fans because it's like the Seahawks have been good for basically the entire time. No, you guys have a weird cardiac. I feel like like, for real though, we have legitimate reason to be like upset this year. Also, the the thing that
2: you sound dramatic (laughs) about, but is true, is that your style of play is bad for your health. Like it
3: is
2: (laughs) crazy how often your games come down to stressful moments. Like, uh,
3: dude, you don't even know like. You you have no idea how many people I've talked to that are like, I just don't like watching the Seahawks. Like if they're not like they win, that's fine. Like I was stressed the whole time. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> like it's this so isn't fun. I should why am I choosing to do this?
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house, everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped. For any adventure with features like available H track, all wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com.
2: All right, let's keep going here. Uh, Number six, I am not thankful for Kyle Shanahan.
1: Hell yeah.
4: (laughs)
2: I can't handle this anymore. And it's it feels like I'm in a twisted relationship. Like, f- like, we were kind of into Trey Sermon. He just buried Trey Sermon out the gate. Brandon Ayuk got buried. And it was kind of like, some people cut Brandon Ayuk. And while I didn't, it was hard to tell people not to do that if you needed to win. Because, like, he wasn't even playing. Forget I being think I good. Cut,
3: I cut him, yeah.
2: It's like... Now Brandon Ayuk is back. And let me tell you something. We have the memento tattoo. We're like, don't trust Kyle Shanahan. He's like Teddy in the in memento. Like, don't trust anything he says. He's a sweet talker. You're going to be like, wow, look how effortlessly they score. And let me tell you the worst part. I'm going to get sucked in next year. We're going to uh-huh. hear about Trey Lance next year. I'm going to be like, mobile quarterbacks. You know, the rushing yards thing is dumb, but that's the rules. So like Trey Lance. And it's going to happen again. And I, I already... Like, how do I leave? How do I leave this relationship with Kyle Shannon? Like, I don't want the Niners. I don't want to be on the Niners running backs. And yet, what do we say? God, I hate Kyle Shannon. Let's spend $50, half of our fab on Elijah Mitchell. Like, idiots. I'm
4: a moron. And I didn't even have Debo Samuel. I. God damn it, man. <laughs> He's like the Lost Ark. You ought to just close your eyes. You know, you can't be sucked into it. The 49ers are the Lost Ark. Just don't open your eyes. eyes. Don't put wool in your ears. You can't hear like the me- siren yeah. song. Yeah. Like the Odyssey.
2: We really, we should do that. Actually, we should put like the, uh, yeah, they put the cotton in their ears. Mm-hmm. We should do that.
3: Or Medusa. We Or Voldemort. We just look at him in the mirror for like the basilisk. Hyphen's ear muss. Put, put some wool in your ear. Okay. Don't look now. Craig, the, 40, the 49ers are fifth in offensive... or sorry, they're fifth in weighted DVOA.
4: We're getting sucked back in. God damn it. Man. They're it's good. Like, like the 49ers uh, are good. Uh, I'm fucking idiot. I'm it so only stupid. takes two weeks for, I think, people to decide if a team is good or not. Like a team can be shitty for six straight weeks, have two back to back good games, and then we're like, yeah, they're good. God damn it. The they beat NFL. the Vikings this week. This it <laughs> it's going to be
2: like Niners playoffs.
4: Oh, I hate him. Okay. <laughs> Next up. God, that got me
3: going. Okay. Number seven. Here's something I'm not thankful for injuries in the nfl Mm. and i know that we're kind of having fun with all of this and you know we're not going to try and laugh about injuries but like injuries have been really shitty this year i feel like recency bias hits and every year it feels a little like this is the worst ever but is this maybe like the worst season for injuries ever it really feels that way it's gotten to the point craig you've mentioned this every time anybody makes a catch or runs the football i'm like looking at the pile and i'm like please get up please get up please get up please don't be hurt oh is he limping he's limping oh god he's limping and then the tv goes away and now i'm like searching on twitter oh god is he hurt all the beat reporters are saying he's okay it's like this happens like 65 times a week yeah you know we're all nervous mean?
2: jewish mothers watching it like the high school football game from the stands <laughs> and we're just like oh
4: my god is my son all right can i say it? i think i have a skill I think I have a very unique skill, and I'm sure other people will say they do this too. I'm all I do when I'm watching a game and my fantasy players in the game, let's say Mike Williams, I will only watch them. And when they make like a really simple random, you know, insignificant like eight yard catch. I just stare at them as the camera goes away from them as they get up and I'm really good at identifying if they like got up with a slight limp yep. or they stayed down for a little bit too long <laughs> and then I just see them kind of like do this, you know, they like wave somebody yep. in to come in like a backup for them because they, they try, try to, it to all play it off and they're just like, yes, yeah, get someone and the announcers center, don't say it and I'm like, Mike Williams just tweaked something. I know he did. I could see it. This yeah. dude, mother's this instinct. This happened last week.
3: Rashad Penny, first run, 18 yard <laughs> run, looked great. It was like, yes, he's back <laughs> He immediately starts waving to the to the sideline. He's like, "I'm." I'm like, "Dude, it's been one play. Why are you taking yourself out? Like, you can't be gassed already." And, and then it's like, like ten minutes hurt, later, the announcers
4: me? are like, "Oh, Rashad Penny uh, on the sidelines. Not sure why. We're gonna need to wait to get an update from Michelle Tafoya." And you're like, "No, I saw it. Something tweaked." Dude,
2: Mike uh, Evans did that during Monday Night Football. If you got Mike uh, Evans, I don't care. What yeah, is he okay by the says. way? Like, I, I don't I, know, I, but he needed. He did the wave. Like, I, get me out of here. Uh, the other one is like Craig when Najee Harris against the Chargers had that hit. First of yeah. all, there were two. He got the hit in the head, but before that, there was also this really awkward part where his leg was like like it looked like UFC. Yeah. Like they got the leg and he's trying to move and someone else yeah. hits him. And Troy Aikman like gasped and is like, That's a young knee to survive that <laughs> hit. <laughs> like, and I was like, Oh my god, Nash, no, you do not tear your ACL, try to get two more yards in this game, you're gonna lose.
4: Also, he was definitely concussed, and it's I feel like everyone watching football at home can tell when players are concussed more than any doctor can on the side. I don't lines. believe I can like, tell like, you when any player is concussed. I, yeah. I, I,
2: I do. All right. The Tom Tom's here. I, I'll link here for one more second. Just to say the in, the, the independent neurologist that supposedly watch these games. I, there is a missing, something is missing here, but the prerogative they have that supposedly they can pull any player off when they want just seems to be a little off.
4: Honestly, get me on a headset. I'll tell you. I'll it's tell you who's concussed.
2: Some of the things they miss. Um, yeah. But, and also, I will just quickly say to DK, I think 2017 is worse for injuries.
3: I know. I, I'm. I'm guessing it's actually not the worst, but it feels every year. Bad. Every year, I think it feels like this. I looked down our, our our final top fifty for fantasy this year. Our rankings. Also,
2: three. I will say to your point though, there have been like way more guys stretched off this year, even at a precaution. There have been a lot more moments where you're like,
3: "Oh my god, is this
2: is yeah okay." Which has didn't been didn't we do horrible. this like
4: if didn't we do this like a few episodes ago? We went through like the top thirty fantasy options, and like three were either like three out of the thirty healthy. were healthy <laughs> and good. Yeah. Everyone else was hurt or busted. The only positive thing I'll say. This is a weird note. The only
2: positive thing I'll say is I think it's more okay for players to say that, like mentally, like I don't feel okay. And true, well, Lane Johnson, yeah, Calvin good. Ridley, AJ Brown talked about depression earlier this 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 month. And that part, that's a huge positive. That guys can mm-hmm. do it. And largely, there's been no Skip Baylesses or whatever in the media criticizing them. I think it's been so. That part's actually a, a huge positive. But otherwise, yeah, the injuries have sucked.
4: Okay, number eight. This is kind of a parlay from with uh, number seven. Just the dread that is fantasy football in 2021. I'm not <laughs> thankful for it. it. It feels like one of the worst fantasy seasons in a while. It's just all over the place. It's unpredictable day in and day out. I got no yeah. stats for you. This is just vibes. This yeah. is the way it feels. Just these crushing, inexplicable losses, the injuries. Just not knowing what's going to happen. Cordero Patterson just being great and... Pick your top running back who's been terrible It's or, or who got hurt. I think
2: it's the quarterbacks, too. The people who drafted quarterbacks early, like, you have Mahomes. You probably took him first. Mahomes, Ugh. I mean, the entire football media industrial complex was like, why does Mahomes suck? Kyler Murray's hurt. Josh Allen is not being what Josh what you thought Josh Allen would be. Lamar's missing games with, with illnesses like It's too
3: high defenses, man. The to too high.
4: <laughs> That's how do we not put that? That I know, is what I'm not thankful. How did about. we yeah, wait, we didn't even list the two high is, What are we doing? Fucking we cover doing? 2. Fuck what you cover 2. I'm not, cover two. For us not being thankful for the too high maybe we that's what audible. it is maybe that's what it is it's just covered too but like it feels like like Dak Prescott what do you have like two points last week it just feels like this shit never used to happen the whole thing was like oh if I draft Dak Prescott I don't have to worry about a guy scoring two points because I have points. Dak Prescott so and doesn't wait, happen
2: wait. anymore hold on hold on hold on I'll, To punctuate this whole thing someone tweeted at me a lineup that the last week week nine or week I can't keep that time week ten, ten the Lions scored 120 points this week. It scored 11. This 11 guy's eight and two points, He's eight and two and their point. <laughs> was, yeah. Eight and two teams. And he scored 11 points
3: today. The person who tweeted it week, at I me made
2: say. the point that if you actually just pick guys off of waivers with the intent of being like, I'm going to pick guys who will play and have the least few possible points, you couldn't get 11. Like the guy at T yeah. Higgins yeah. who had a terrible game. Sorry if we pumped T Higgins for you. Dak Prescott, the Bills D which had negative four, CeeDee Lamb who had a point, Kyle Pitts, like 11 points that is
3: incredible it it is that's how weird this year is it's like hitting it's like hitting tails 16 straight times like (laughs) really is (laughs) oh my god okay
4: next up craig uh i have no affiliation with this team personally with the atlanta falcons have just pissed me off this year i am not thankful (laughs) for the atlanta falcons
3: no it's kind of everything about them dude i started to buy back in too, like three weeks ago like Matt Ryan's playing pretty well. They're they're going along, you know, like starting to hit their groove. And and their offense has been dog shit for the last two games. (laughs) Like the worst I've ever seen.
4: The fact that Arthur Smith went to the Falcons and then everything just got worse kind of sucks. You know, the offensive guru who turned around Ryan Tannehill's career. Matt Ryan was the quarterback 13 last year. He's the quarterback 20 now. Mike Davis is a disaster. Before Calvin Ridley stepped away, he wasn't playing that well. Kyle Pitts, let's be honest, had two great weeks, and other than that, has kind of been a big disappointment. Uh, and then somehow, just tossing in the fact that Cordell Patterson is def- like, perhaps in the running for fantasy MVP. I just hate the Falcons. And no other backup <laughs> wide receiver can do anything with Rizzi Also, out. we
2: really didn't spend enough time talking about how like 28-3 for the Falcons is in the Super Bowl is like, this global <laughs> meme. And then when the Falcons play the fucking Patriots on Thursday Night Football, there is a once-in-600-year eclipse that lasted 3 hours and 28 minutes. Like the the heavens and the cosmos and for those of you who subscribe to the belief in a higher power coinciding to be like, yo, this team sucks. cursed. <laughs> Even the Braves winning the World Series cannot actually change the Falcons being a freaking laughingstock from that the, the actual cosmos itself.
4: Yeah, um, the Falco- the Falcons you just can't quit them, but I I'm done. I'm I'm so unthankful for them. I uh
3: <laughs> I don't want to. Point, I hate to point this out because I love Pitts, and, and I think Pitts is going to be a superstar in the league. But you know who has more points per game than Kyle Pitts? Oh my God, Dawson. is it
4: Pat Fryermuth. Oh, you're saying Dawson Knox? He, Dawson. Oh, Knox.
2: I was going to say he's probably is, is Pat Fryermuth is coming up and passing Kyle Pitts as the best rookie fantasy tight end that's in play.
3: <laughs> he's pretty good. I mean, I, he was always pretty good. But well, yes, Pitts is good. Oh, uh, that's, that's, we don't. We love we Pitts. We know Pitts is good, he's but started,
2: his fantasy season has been underwhelming and
3: disappointing. Yeah. Well, it, he'll be all right. All right. Number ten, DK. Uh, we br- we touched on this briefly the other day. The Jaguars. I'm just not thankful for the Jags this year. I was I act- I allowed myself to have a little bit of hope. I know that you probably could go back and find a quote or two.
2: In you the two summer. were drunk on the Jaguars, and I I regret letting Craig do that to us. It
4: was a 48 hour stretch where we were like, Jags! it was a
2: be- ja- No, Craig took us on a Jaguars bender, like someone taking you through
4: Vegas, and at the we end did of the it, know, like, thing. I participated,
2: yeah. but like I should have trusted my instincts. Did we did the ringer thing where things. we were like,
4: are we sure the Jags are bad? Are we sure? I was testing out power hour literally before you guys didn't know that but I was actually drunk it was the uh, football yeah, version the of like run. an
2: ill-fated yeah. trip to the
3: bathroom at three in the morning and I'm like you know what this is a bad idea yeah so that was a huge error in judgment I think by both of us Craig Urban Meyer isn't very good at this it doesn't th- seem like um, and also and and I admit to being a little bit more positive about the effect that Daryl Bevel could have on this offense and Brian Schottheimer. I don't think they're good at this either Um <laughs> What you said that was so. I don't think they're good at this. Well, so look, I haven't. haven't the defense is getting all right. I have not done a deep dive on the Jags' offense. I've been relying on on the things that I've read and the things that I see on Twitter, and based on those things, people that are uh, um, analyzing these things really closely, like the route concepts are really terrible. Like they're not getting guys open in the short and intermediate area for for Trevor Lawrence. It's like all really deep like long developing plays and like they're just asking Trevor Lawrence to do all this shit. Lawrence gonna be incredible
2: when they fire the staff. And if you're in a dynasty league, you should trade for Trevor Lawrence. Because Trevor Lawrence is gonna be fucking unbelievable. Yeah. And no one really
3: has thought about him really this
2: season more than twice.
3: That being said, he is we had him ranked relatively highly because he has like that sneaky running up- upside and all that. We were kind of like buying into this idea that they could be playing from behind game scripts. It's going to be a lot of points. C- Trevor Lawrence is the QB thirty-two in PP in points per game. Good. I think that we should have trusted our instincts when they hired the two
2: former Seahawks offensive coordinators oh, to run the offense. What were they doing? Yeah. We probably um, probably you probably should have probably
4: realized that was a red flag. All right. Next up, Craig. I am very unthankful for the bipocalypse. <laughs> what a horrible week perhaps the worst ever yeah in fantasy funny. football it was, that was week seven let me remind everybody the bills the cowboys the jags the chargers the vikings and the steelers all had buys that week and simultaneously collapsed fantasy football for seven days <laughs> it felt like a supernova star exploded it's like a stock market crash it's like this is gonna take
3: us three years to it get was back 2008
4: to <laughs> that's what that
3: week Week seven was the Reception. 2008 resettlement public bubble. confidence in fantasy football like we gotta have to like juice the system here
4: my fantasy team was the Lehman Brothers is that the name of the company that went yes. down uh, that was my fantasy I literally started an empty spot that week because Craig's I just out anymore. on the street we're doing start yeah.
2: sit and we're just like Ben Ben Bernanke and Hank Paulson just being like <laughs> I just triage triage tri- save
4: the whole system <laughs> uh, yeah just I mean a really unique I can't ever remember something like that in fantasy <laughs>
3: Dude, that was that was nuts. Remember I, all I, the I, memes <laughs> about the year 2020? Like 2021 is That was yeah, it was like 2020
2: there. to wait. It was I, I think that I started to realize how bad it was when all the fantasy I hate to say this word, but the fantasy experts that I you know, it's kind of like this Insular community and we're all somewhat aware of each other, all kind of looked at each other and were like do your team suck this week? Because my team
4: <laughs> suck, all of them. <laughs> it was like, Matthew oh. Barry's been doing this for 25 years and he was like, This is the worst week I've ever seen. It reminds me when Mel
2: Kuyper was like, Kyle Pitts is unquestionably the best tight end I've ever seen. I'm like, Well, he's been doing it long enough. That that's good enough for me. <laughs> Same with when Barry's like, Yeah, all right. I'll trust you. Anyway, Bipocalypse so, was awful. Although, yeah. to be clear, I will never make a draft decision
3: off bye weeks. So yeah. No, I even agree. having I said agree. that.
2: Like, we've been through the worst of it, and I still feel that way. So, I never want to hear about it. You're still
3: pumping all your money into stocks. You don't care.
2: You're not putting any in the
3: mattress. (laughs)
4: Let's build it right back up again, baby. Yeah, exactly. All right.
2: Next up, um, number 12, last one. I'm just going to, you know what? I'm not thankful for Jason Garrett again. I'm doing it again. (laughs) We're going back. I don't give a shit. I'm not over with it. I cannot believe the Giants, like, you're supposed to know your enemy. You're supposed to know your division rivals better than any other team. Not like other teams. You should know better than any other team. And for 10 years, the Giants watched Jason Garrett guide the Cowboys slowly away from victory. And it kind of reminds me of what DK says all the time about fourth and one. Like sometimes the analytics people get so caught up in the math, they forget how to communicate with people. The analytics backs up common sense, which is for some fourth and one what do the other fans want you to do and yes. then do the opposite
4: it's the only that's way you should like, coach
2: yeah like you should just be like oh they all want you to punt go for it that's what i felt like when the giants hired jason garrett all the cowboys fans were like yeah, yeah, yeah. do it do it hire jason garrett please yes. oh yes. no like they were so happy i got so many texts that were like good luck with that and it's like dude <laughs> I can't believe they did it. How like what is the excuse? Because when you hire a coach that sucks, sometimes you're like, oh man, can't believe it didn't work out. They knew.
4: Oh my God. Did you ever talk yourself into it for any moment? Was there ever a week where you're like, eh? Um, I think as a bit, but like deep down, no. I think that there was
2: one week. I think when they almost beat the Bucks last year, actually, almost ironically, they should have gone to overtime in Tampa Bay. And really the only reason they didn't is Daniel Jones was missing throws. But like Jason Garrett, that's his best game as a as a coordinator because they really should have beaten tampa bay and they really just kind of made some execution mistakes but that was like all right maybe he knows what he's doing but man um i think this is the most predictable thing i've ever seen in 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 football at least to me like jason garrett not be, uh, okay i'm gonna stop
3: talking the, uh, about yeah the giants are like the the prototypical cocoon keepers you know what i mean like
2: they hired Dave got, gettleman because they'd worked gettleman worked before I, who
3: has no concept of positional value or, or traffic value. Who doesn't
2: know what things cost. Anyways, my family sits around the Thanksgiving dinner table. Let me tell you something. We're going to sit around. with. We are thankful Jason Garrett is no longer running the Giants offense. All right. <laughs> that is power hour.
3: Yes. Well, I can't good. believe we didn't specifically do too high. This was like kind of fantasy therapy for me.
4: I like the idea of... I'm going to tell my family this year. I'm going to be like, hey, let's go around and say what we're not thankful for. That's kind of funny. <laughs> it's actually... everybody. <laughs> If anybody it does that great. at home, if anybody listens to this episode before dinner, before your Thanksgiving dinner, and 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 uh, and tries this out, let us know how it went. You don't have to ask my family to do this, Craig. This is basically Festivus. It's the airing of grievances. Yeah, it really
2: is. I think that Festivus should just be before Thanksgiving instead of Christmas. Yeah, give it a shot. Yeah, please email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. if anyone actually does that at their Thanksgiving table. share.
4: Okay. Um, also do a power hour at your dinner. Also as well. do a
2: power hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to some emails. <laughs> some funny emails you guys sent. RingerFantasyFootballGmail.com. Email us if you have funny things like these stories. Okay. A lot of spleen talk. This whole. We got week. a
3: lot of spleen. Been emails. a
2: lot of spleen talk. Spleen <laughs> well, I'm coughing. Because Justin <laughs> Fields had the whole spleen thing. And so a lot of you really want to tell us about your spleens. Okay. Didn't a quarterback rupture their spleen? Like, Didn't Sam well, Darnold? Sam Donald do Darnold had mono right. and had to do it. But speaking of which. i got an email from grant here in real life (laughs) speaking of which some grant hi guys i always perk up when i hear talk of bursting spleens (laughs) because i can still feel the pain of my spleen bleeding out oh god as biggie always said ruptured spleens at the age of 16 fuck a football team Hmm. that is a quote (laughs) in my junior year of college at usc which is south carolina the real usc I was playing safety at my intramural intramural flag football team. I jumped up to defend a pass when the intended receiver and my friend covering him barreled into my side after blacking out for a second. I finished the game borderline crying from pain. I thought I'd cracked a rib. I proceeded to go out. After our win, of course, and I pushed through the pain until voiding all of my bodily fluids on the floors and/or walls, voiding and passing out <laughs> in the bathroom of a nice young woman who had invited me to her home that evening. Wow, this is a lot
3: of bragging. This is a lot of it's like a lot. It's a little bragging dish. in this, but I like to it. a little USC. Let's keep going.
2: She proceeded to drive me to the ER at 3 a.m. and had to accompany me until my parents arrived hours later. The next few days were the most excruciating pain of my life. I experienced the class four spleen rupture. Ooh. Five is the worst. And I was bleeding out internally onto my sciatic nerve, causing sharp pain from feet to head. Wow. This doesn't sound good. After four days in a small procedure, I was out. Technology is insane. Moral of the story. Don't play flag football with mono. (laughs) Thank you, Biggie and Junior Mafia. And Lucy, an actual medical student, write that the reason spleen's rupture when you have mono, like Sam Darnold did, which is why he he didn't rupture, but he couldn't play, is because your spleen enlarges to deal with the mono.
3: So you're vulnerable.
4: The trash can gets bigger,
3: just swollen. Oh god, sounds painful. It
4: becomes trash day in your body. The part where he, the part
3: where he talks about how like he got out of the hospital for four days, like definitely is like a funny point. It's like you can be very severely injured and just like, wait, they're letting me leave now. Like, I'm allowed to go. Like, I can. (laughs) That was like after uh, we gave birth. Not we. You know, I didn't actually do it, but (laughs) as a family, it was like, oh, we're allowed to leave now. Like. You're just going to let us take this baby and go? What are we supposed to do with this thing? I don't know how to take care of this. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's so weird. Good luck with that whole thing.
4: I still think the weirdest thing about, uh, you know, raising a baby is that they can't drink water for, like, the first, what is it, six months of their life? Something like that. It's electrolytes. That is the weirdest thing to me, that you can't feed a human child water. I think it's insane. Well, they get
3: liquid. From I, know, I hold know. their milk.
4: Yeah, breast <laughs> milk. I understand that. But it's just so weird that, like, water, I, I could never imagine water being bad for any living thing at any right. moment. So it's odd.
3: It's actually, I think it's uh, concerning your kidneys, maybe, or liver. Were you guys
4: not interested
2: in the guy who emailed us saying he ruptured his spleen? I thought this was a great email. I feel like we got off it real quick. No, it
3: was a good
4: email. It sounds like he went to the uh, to U- University of Southern California, though, the way he's talking about yeah, yeah, being at that yeah. lady's
2: house. Mm-hmm, yeah, 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 you're right. Mm-hmm. A little uppity there.
4: Okay, Aaron.
2: <laughs> uh, Aaron, Aaron writes. Fun, Aaron. Aaron, fun fact, the Blue Stones is the name of a somewhat newer and amazing rock band that it would be good. Thought it would be good and relevant band to think at the end of an episode. Sadly, they're from Ontario and have virtually no accents,
3: but they do have good Craig, songs. Craig, can we get another Blue Stone, please? Yeah, do, it, do, it, do it <laughs> Blue Stone? Have we gotten any? Thank you. That was good. Have was we gotten blue any blue emails stone. critiquing your accent?
4: uh i don't uh, know yeah don't, yeah a lot of
2: people are really unhappy with this
3: but
4: it's oh funny. they're saying i did a terrible job too oh
3: even well no, i can it, see craig i can see Hyfits and i, I don't
2: know
4: you know what i mean why is it when close. craig
3: does that is it like asmr
2: you know what i mean it's kind of like the australian <laughs> accent <laughs> is, is lovely it's like <laughs> calming it's, it's <laughs> like yeah it's, that just really reset me <laughs> thank you for I, that Craig. people i don't think pe- we've ever talked about this but for every episode we do quiet time because like when you record it you got to have like blank space blank audio to like Fill in whatever for Back what I'm like North, hacking yeah. up
4: a lung or something. It's like, like yeah,
2: it is the absolute best part of my day.
4: Every day feels for good. For five seconds, we all close our eyes and just let the silence take over us.
2: It literally just it wash, occurred to me the other day that like us. maybe yeah. death would not be so bad because I enjoy playing <laughs> so much. It's, that's the nihilistic angle. It's like <laughs> actually death might be nice. Yeah, uh, it's like the best yeah. part of my day. Don't do anything. All right, fantasy court.
4: All right.
2: It's from Jenna. 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 Danny, DK, Craig, I have been playing fantasy football in multiple leagues for 11 seasons. Wow. This year, nice. I used your draft rankings for the first time and have been f- sitting firmly in first place since week two. All
4: right. Hell yeah. Ad. This a is an ad for us. For us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> After I lost Derrick Henry and Chase Edmonds to injury reserve, I used your trade suggestions to trade for Saquon Barkley and Aaron Jones, and this is where my problem begins. Hmm. Kind of a quick dub for us and then a quick L.
4: no longer an ad no longer
2: an ad. no longer a testimony
3: i couldn't predict that aaron jones is gonna get hurt right yeah
2: uh my husband and i have been in this league together for eight years we have never attempted a trade because we assumed everyone would automatically call collusion i have also never attempted to trade in in this league period because i am the commissioner it's kind of sad that the commissioner thinks they'd be called out yeah that should that's that's upsetting that that's the temperature of this league but that's apparently how it goes so Jenna continues, needing a starting running back, I made trade offers to five managers in the league. My team, which is called Runs Like a Girlie. That's,
4: that's ah, a pretty good. good one.
2: My team offered to trade Jalen Waddle to my husband, whose team name is Boats and Hoes.
4: <laughs> a little bit less creative for the hubby.
2: <laughs> Such a dude thing to do. I don't know why we're like that. All right.
4: Um, <laughs> my, my husband's team name, Big Boobs Ha Ha. <laughs> why are the guy's team names just like
2: sex puns? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! But anyway, Jenna's team <laughs> trades Jalen Waddle to her husband's uh, team for Aaron Jones. She now it's her voice. She continues: "I made the deal knowing that Jones would not be available till the playoffs, and my husband accepted my trade. My husband is in twelfth place. Clearly, his boat is sinking, and I'm just trying to save the hose." <laughs> nice. So wait, so she traded
4: for Aaron Jones after the she injury traded now.
3: for Aaron Jones for a playoff
4: run after the injury? No, but I uh, uh, yes, yes. Because otherwise, this trade would. She traded Jalen Waddle. That's like not giving up. Yeah, she nothing. traded Waddle for Jones okay. for when. But Jones for if it, if it was pre-injury, that would that would be a pretty. But post, he's hurt. It, like that's pretty fair. Yeah. In terms of the injury, that's weeks. a reasonable trade. Yeah.
2: One. She made the trade me-
3: knowing he wouldn't be available. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so one yeah. vocal
2: member of the league. Who is my husband's college roommate and his best friend believes this is collusion because my husband already has five receivers on his roster. So, in this manager's opinion, my husband doesn't need another receiver. And then Jenna goes on to note that her husband's receivers have all underperformed and that Waddle would start for her husband. So the guy complaining is kind of being a bitch. Anyway, we are a commissional we are a commissioner approval league. So I notified the group chat. That I was involved in a trade before I approved it and only this one manager, my husband's best friend, seemed to have an issue my policy as commissioner has always been that I don't make valuations on trades I just confirm that both managers think the trade works for them, the league needs a ruling for all trades going forward or we're going to be dealing with people calling collusion on every trade between a winning team and a losing team from now until forever what do I do? Sincerely, Jenna the fucking, Cataline, the fucking Catalina wine mixer commissioner <laughs>
4: I don't think... Uh, one, Boats this and Both This and is hoes. not collusion. And I think this is just something everyone's going to have to get over.
3: I've seen way worse trades than this.
4: This is not that
3: bad of a trade. Jalen Waddle's so, a wide receiver too, and he's been trending in the right direction. And Aaron Jones is
4: hurt. I also do what Jenna does here. I'm the commissioner of my favorite league, and what I, my policy is the same as hers. I don't make valuations on trades. I make sure that both managers agree to the trade. I don't ask anybody else. And then I send it through. And if I see something that seems a little suspicious, I will bring it up and we can all talk about it and vote on it. If I think it's really bad, but in general, as long as the two people agree on it and I don't see anything fishy, I send it through.
2: So the court has followed up for the discovery process and Genesis. So remember how she sent five trades out to five of their managers and her husband Mm -hmm. accepted. Were they all of equal value? Well, so Jenna writes that the manager did not relent the guy complaining, the husband's best friend, And in retaliation for what he believed was an unfair trade, he proposed ridiculous trades to five other managers, like Zeke straight up for Daniel Jones, and claimed that since the players were ranked about 30 spots apart, no one would take the trade seriously. One of the trades got accepted. He traded Miles Gaskin for Amari Cooper, and he was obviously getting the better end of the deal with Gaskin, you know, in the bird book and Cooper being Cooper. But obviously the trade (laughs) went through and it processes just before the start of week eleven, and then Amari Cooper is gets COVID, <laughs> and so Amari Cooper will miss the next two weeks. And she says she wonders if this is fantasy karma for this guy. <laughs> yeah. So
4: this is the best friend sent out a trade saying, "Hey, I'll I'll give out Miles Gaskin. And, and I'll give out ridiculous for Amari trades Cooper. despite her gets what accepted. Is like, ha
2: ha ha. <laughs> see, this is how you're supposed to do it. This is ridiculous, but I'm going to take advantage because this is the rules you had. And then the guy he trades for is now missing the next two games. So
4: yeah, this is awesome.
3: So what what is the actual question here? Like sh- the league needs a ruling for all trades going forward. She's getting called out, and basically, it's ridiculous. Like
2: she like like that's ridiculous. This guy should mind his own business. He shouldn't be telling other people what to do. Here's so how I gonna, feel. Here's
3: how I feel about this. He's in 12th
2: this. place, and he's a running back who isn't going to play in three for three weeks. Like, what does Aaron Jones mean to him?
3: I feel like commissioners should have the ultimate end of the day, they have to the say on what's going to happen in the league because they created the league. They started it. And generally speaking, and they're the commissioners, they're doing most of the work. Um, commissioners should not feel bad about doing trades themselves. Um, if 10 of the other 11 people or however many people in this league, uh, thought that the trade was fine. Like there's no problem here. Just you continue to go about like status quo. Like you're going to you're going to approve or disapprove of the trades going forward. Like this is clearly not a collusion type trade.
4: I mean, take it, it this know, way.
3: Like, just, I would throw this case out. This is like, we're not even making a.
4: There's nothing there.
3: Yeah. We're not even making a determination.
4: This doesn't yeah. even make it to Supreme or to fantasy court. <laughs> honestly, what you should do is, is if you got rid of the managers' names, the teams involved in this trade, and you just looked at the trade straight up, would anybody bat an eye? Probably not. No. Jenna, we support you. And honestly, I think we just support commissioners in general. I think
2: the only, honestly, a lot of these cases just come down to like respect the commissioner. The hardest ones I've felt are like when the commissioner is fucking around.
3: It's, I feel like, here, 90% of these questions, I swear, come down to some person just being a little bitch about something. Like it's somebody th- it's who's just true. upset
4: because a trade yeah. is helping out somebody who's a director. <laughs> also, here's even. a great framework.
2: There has been one trade vetoed in the four professional sports leagues in like our lifetime. Which seems relevant. Chris Paul. Like Hall. when the Lake like when when Pau Gasol gets traded from like the Grizzlies to the Lakers, the other twenty-eight teams can't be like, nah, you didn't get enough. No, the you know what? The Lakers just got the player. Like you can't yeah, beat, I agree. Uh, anyway. Okay. That's all we got. I am thankful for DK and Craig. You guys are great. And I am very thankful Ditto. for everyone listening. Like, we actually really legit, like, really appreciate all you guys that have stuck with us through this season. I have a lot of fun doing the show, and I love when you, people email us ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. And like, I, I appreciate that you guys seem to love this show too. And it honestly means a lot when you guys reach out. And honest to God, like, thank you for listening to us this season. It's been awesome.
3: Well said. I echo everything. I appreciate you guys. Uh, thankful for. The fact that we get to watch football and talk about football and it's fun, and I know that we did just complain about a lot of stuff, but it was also very <laughs> therapeutic. Um, so I'm just I'm just thankful for that, and I'm thankful for you guys. So and thankful for the fans, and I'm thankful, like I've said, for people that email. We don't always email back because frankly we get a lot of emails, and but we see them, we read them, and we appreciate them. I'll so thank say this you for too that.
2: Is like please if you we didn't respond to one, please don't let that stop you from sending more in the future because like we really try <laughs> yeah. to get them as much as we yeah, can. That's a good Absolutely. point.
4: Yeah, All we right. almost. Other than this, other than doing the players, we're not thankful for our second choice was to power rank every single listener we have. But we figured it would take two. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh my god, that would that would be pretty good. Bill Simmons, number one. <laughs> You're out there. All right. Thank you, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you, Lord.
3: Lord. Thank you, Dolly Parton.
2: Whoa. Oh, what a classic! Right before the is under DK is on such a hot streak. With these, these. Although, what happened to Blue Stone? I thought we were going to do thank Blue Stone.
4: Yeah, I didn't want to say oh, it. Oh, the Blue Stones. Yeah. Um, go Blue Stones.
2: Dolly's a good one, though, dude. So she just had um, I don't know if it's just, but she had a book come out recently that's like her whole life. And um, a friend of mine had it. It is beautiful to look through. It's huge oh, wow. and it's it's so well illustrated. I, I don't remember the exact name. I just google Dolly Parton book and like you can look through it and it's like. It's it, it explains the meaning behind her song. It's so beautiful to thumb through.
4: You guys yeah. probably know this, but you know the Whitney Houston song, I Will Always Love You? Yeah. Did she write that? That's a Dolly Parton song, yeah.
2: Wow. I, if, if people listening love Dolly Parton, look up this Dolly Parton book or someone you know loves Dolly Parton. probably be an elite Christmas gift. It's incredible to thumb through. She right. also
4: had an ice cream flavor just came out recently with Jenny's
2: also we are burying the lead here she the investment that led to the yeah, vaccine the vaccine yeah. <laughs> which is she's gonna be in his like textbooks if they wait, queen watch. of the vax
4: i didn't actually know about this What she donated a million dollars dude she no don't way.
2: let me look up the actual facts.
4: God, I'm not she's go such she a fucking legend vaccine.
2: wait look up Love let me dolly look up parton. what actually happened because it's such an incredible
3: um there's a okay. dolly parton doc um no, so dolly watching. so
2: <laughs> this is funny this is NPR this is well written country music legend Dolly Parton got a taste of her own medicine on Tuesday when she received a dose of the COVID-19 ha! vaccine whose research she helped fund that's that's really funny so what happened is uh, a million dollars to Moderna yeah, to, Vanderbilt to, wow, yeah, really? yeah. to Vanderbilt University wow really Vanderbilt yeah that's and awesome. Moderna was by far like the smaller of all the companies that did it so yeah that's
4: hilarious legend <laughs> 9 <laughs> to 5 great song Incredible! Oh yeah, incredible song. song. Like All that. right, thank you, Dolly.